How's it going, everybody, and welcome to episode 137 of Master My Garden Podcast. Now, this week's episode is one that has been requested by a listener, Emer Kelly, and I've been trying to line it up for a while, but really looking forward to it. And it's actually something where, you know, where we talk about gardening, sometimes we talk about vegetable growing, sometimes we talk about flowers, and it doesn't always, I suppose, apply to everybody's garden. But this topic, which is outdoor painting and garden painting, actually will apply to almost everybody and almost everybody's garden. So I'm really excited, um, I suppose, to get into it. There's a lot to talk about. But in order to do that, I needed to bring on an expert. And I have Kate Gaynor from Carlo Paint Hub. And uh, Kate will tell us all about Carlo Paint Hub in a moment. But what they, what these guys do, you know, and they have Instagram pages and all that, the advice and uh, I suppose the expertise that they have is something that you just don't get in your typical walk in and pick up a can off the shelf type store. Um, so this is why I wanted to get somebody who knew the ins and outs of it and how to be successful when revamping something outside or painting something outside. So Kate, you're very, very welcome to Master My Garden Podcast. Thanks so much, John. And thanks, Emer, for recommending us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Emer recommended you a while ago, and yeah, I know between one thing and another, we've been trying to line it up for a while. So yeah, yeah it, it's it's a very topical time. Obviously, where this will go out now in sort of August time, and you know a lot of people are are outdoors gardening, looking at areas that might be tired or looking at something that might yeah. need to be revamped, and uh, the ideas are gone. Absolutely. And, yeah, I guess you guys get very busy at that stage of the year. We do. Um, yeah, quite until a little bit in August. Now, I think but since COVID, since everybody started spending much more time at home, it's kind of yeah. kept going from then. People have much more eye. and You probably see it too, what's going on in the garden. Some people hadn't been out there for years and there's a lot more <laughs> love for the garden area now, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what I suppose, as I said in the, in the intro there, like everybody... Everybody does some form of painting within the garden and it's, you know, it ever, it ranges from fencing panels to, to sheds to log cabins to, to decks to block walls, patios. Um, and I think to be fair, when, and I, and I know from, you know, the gardening groups that I'm in and, and so on, you see a lot of people, whether it's decking or whether it's garden sheds or masonry blocks or whatever, they, 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 they try to do something and, they don't always have great success, possibly because they're choosing the wrong paints or whatever. So we're going to get into all of that today and we'll talk about maybe the different scenarios and the different, I suppose, surfaces that we're painting yes. and then take your advice from there. But before we do that, just tell us a little bit about Carlo Paint Hub. Yeah, so we're, I suppose, a specialist paint shop. My parents met in a paint laboratory in Cork in the 70s. Um, my dad was a paint chemist. My mom was quality control. And that's oh. it. Paint's been a huge part of our life ever since my dad set up this company in uh, 1994. And it was very industrial. So I took over them to put my own spin on things. So after 10 years um, running the company in just industrial, we decided to branch it into decorative because... Like you said, there, I suppose there are some shops that are greater than others, but some shops you, you walk into maybe more so the multiples and you're looking for advice how to paint your rad and you want someone to tell you this is 100% what you need. It won't flake off. It'll take a beating. And so we decided to go into decorative paints. So we could answer those questions and be very factual, a matter of fact, of don't paint it with this. Yeah. Paint it. Or to give people options. This will last you one year. This will last you five years. This will last you 10. And that honestly, I think, is what resonated on the Instagram. Yeah, I think so. And as I said, the, the the quality of the advice and I suppose for, for me and, and I'm, I'm sure technology and, and paint qualities and materials and have moved on over the years but when I see some of what you guys you know post in terms of videos and so on um, 
I kind of I didn't realize you could even paint some of the surfaces or change things. I, as as an example, I have a, a nice oak kitchen, or as I see it, a lovely oak kitchen. Uh, my wife wants to change it, uh, wants to revamp it. And I've seen recently, I kind of didn't like the, the thought of that even, to change from oak yeah. to a to yeah. a, a color. Yeah. But I have seen some of the videos. I haven't actually told her this yet, but uh, I have seen. <laughs> You're softening. I'll tell her. I'll ring yeah. her now after this. Job. <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen. I've seen some of the videos where, and uh, you know the the step throughs that you've done, where you're actually revamping wooden wooden kitchens and and changing the complete look of them. And I thought this would be a huge job and sanding everything down and all the rest of it. But the the advances in paint technology seem to allow that you can paint much more successfully on a lot more surfaces. Would yeah. I be right in saying that? Oh, yeah, and much quick, much quicker. And like you said, like with, with oak as well, it, it probably is mainly the male population where women are may, maybe more into aesthetics sometimes and the men are saying, this is a fine, solid kitchen. We can't be painting this. <laughs> but you forget like that when, when you have oak or any warm woods, the actual colour of that is orange or brown. That's your scheme yeah. for that room. And most modern homes, the scheme is not orange or brown. So if you've yeah. got a lovely light grey in your walls, it jars with that. It makes the cupboards look more orange. So I'll ring your wife, John, you'll be painting that now next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly looking that way anyway. Uh, and I have to say, I have I have to say, I, I when I was thinking about it originally, and I know this is nothing to do with gardens, but when I was thinking about the kitchen originally, I was thinking that it, it wouldn't even look well. But... Um, to be honest, when I see what you know you're putting up and some of your your customers have put up of kitchens where they've been rebound, and they are they're beautiful. Oh, so standing, um, and you, again, you're going from an orangey brown to like a subtle grey or a duck egg. Yeah. And again, you'd be surprised. It's it's the housewives at home that are sick of asking the husband to pay a painter, or for the husband to do it. We're still very sexist in the paint world. We often ask the husbands <laughs> to do it. But yeah. it's it's like Mrs. Murphy, Jen and Kerry, who's sick asking the husband and just does it over the space of weekend yeah. herself. And the before and afters, you wouldn't see them on a catalogue. They're stunning. It's yeah, a, no, they are. They really are. And that's that's something that, that definitely caught the eye. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you're probably right. I will be I will be doing that at some point in time. I'll look, I'll, I'll look <laughs> um, after you. Yeah, very good. Um, so just in relation to, uh, I suppose, you know, garden paints and uh, I, I, I think we'll start with the one that I know that people get the most trouble with, and that's decking. And yeah. I suppose it's obvious in a way, obviously, we're, we're such a wet country. Um, I also think one of the major things is that they always go in and buy the cheapest paint they can find, which probably doesn't help. Yeah. But then the boards are lying flat and yeah. hence are exposed to the actual full force of the rain all the yeah. time as well. So um, yeah. how or what recommendations would you have for decking? And you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the, the, the decking lying flat. The biggest recommendation, and we always stick to brutal honesty ahead of paint sales, and that's what serves the business well. And the brutal answer is that like wooden decking is not suitable to our wet climate. If yeah. you're getting decking tomorrow, I'd get fiberglass. And that's counterintuitive to my business because I sell paint, but I would get some kind of composite decking. The wooden decking just does not work. And even the yeah. paint systems for decking, like you said it there earlier, like the technology has come on so much. We have products now that are nanotechnology. You don't need to sand because the particles are so fine they'd stick to glass but when it comes to decking there hasn't been huge advances 
Uh, we've mm-hmm. moved away from even selling decking paint because we don't want people to be disappointed. We sell yeah. only decking oils now. So it's not a it's not a full block colour. It's an oil. Now you can lash on a couple of coats of the oil. It darkens the woods. If you're looking for it, it'll bleach it whiter. So you can go darker and lighter, but not a full block colour because they just don't really work all that well, to be honest. Like, you've got, like you said, you've got water ponding on that surface for many, yeah, many, many not. months. Yeah. So to be honest, if you have decking already, I go with an oil. Um, Ticarilla is a Nordic brand and they obviously have a really harsh climate and they have really good quality decking oils. There are a few brands that have good decking oils. I'd stick with the decking oils and then yeah. if you ever get the chance, I'd buy composite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that that's kind of going to lead on, well, I suppose before we move off, um, so sheds then is kind of the next one that people, yes. and again, I think what happens with wooden sheds, and I know we're going to talk about sort of log houses, you know, the, the higher quality log houses, but say the basic garden shed the basic fence panel and a lot of people go for and i won't name the brand but the cheapest bucket of uh, fence product that you can find and that product i suppose when you look at it in a shop number one it tends to always be a price fighter so it tends to be very cheap for quite a big bucket then they lash it on looks good six months later it's as dull or washed off and it's green all Uh, over it yeah it's green all over yeah so you haven't really protected the wood and what happens is if you keep repeating that cycle let's say the paint is a small cost we always say there's nothing more expensive than cheap paint because you have to rebuy the paint next year you have to repay for the labor or give your own labor but let's say you're using your own labor and the labor is free and that's not an issue and you will do it again next year because the stuff is cheap. There's still the issue that you haven't protected your wood. And wood is one of very few substrates that when left untreated for a certain period of time, irreversible damage has been done. So if your wood starts to rot, forget it. It's game over. The only yeah. maintenance then you have is, is full replacement, whereas everything else, there's there's remedy. Like a lot of our other building materials are very robust, whereas with wood, you can do irreversible damage. So. Stuff like your exterior wood, if it hasn't been painted before, we always say stick on a priming oil. And that's it's it's cheap. You can get a big bucket, a small bucket, lash it on. And it's a clear, it's really easy. It's like putting milk on something. You just get your roller, dip it and lash it on. And what that does is it, it, it soaks into the pores of the wood and it, it repels water, repels moisture and it prevents microbial growth. So we don't see people going too hard at it for their fences. They're not as bothered. But now that there's so many people painting log cabins, that's where we see people are really making use of the priming oils. So they're selling a lot more now. But technically, if you put up a new fence, if it was me, I'd put on a coat of the priming oil, then I'd put on good paint after it, be that a stain or a colour, and then adhere to the maintenance cycle and your wood is protected forever. So the key with wood is the maintenance cycle. So one thing that people aren't aware of with wood is that when you choose the type of finish you want, that dictates the maintenance cycle. So, for example, okay. if you if you have a, a wooden fence or a gate at home and it's brand new and you put on a, cl- a clear system, that will have to be touched up in one year. No matter what the brand, the max you'll get protection, UV, microbial growth, all the rest, the max protection is a year. If you okay. use a stain, which is quite popular, and that's where you see all those cheap, a lot of the cheap stains don't have resin, don't have much protection. A lot of them are nearly like a food colouring in, in water. They're not great. But if you get a, a good stain, a good quality stain, you're talking about three to seven years protection for your wood. So that means right. not not painting it again for three to seven years. And then your full block colour, like a, a colour that obliterates the wood, um, an opaque system that would be typically like seven to 15 years again depending on the quality wow so essentially if someone has a a new fence outside 
you're going clear, then you're basically doing it yearly. If you if you go with staying. your your staying, but but you're doing your primer first and then you're staying. If you're doing a good system, you do the priming oil and then you're staying. A lot of people won't. Like nine times out of yeah. ten, they, they might not. Now the opaque paint system, they will. But sorry, yeah, your staying then is your three to seven years. Three to seven years. Like really, really listening to that, doesn't that make so much sense? Either of those, you know, the second or the, or the third system, because like even if it was only three years at the moment, people are painting literally every year and sometimes literally. more than once a year. And you add up that cost, even if it's a really cheap product, you add up a 10 euro a year. It's your labor, it's your tools, but also it's the environment. Yeah. Like most environment, people, absolutely. Yeah, most people into their gardening are into the environment. And every time you buy a bucket of paint, no matter how cheap it is, the amount of chemicals and energy yeah. that has gone into making it, transporting it, the plastic and the drum, like recycling is all very well, but it's to stop producing. We're overproducing and overpurchasing. So if we can cut down and paint less frequently, they're trying to do better sustainability studies on paint now. And they're saying if you like this one thing, looking at the VOCs, the packaging, but to look at the life cycle of a can of paint. Some cans mm-hmm. of paint have a life of like six months, realistically, yeah. and they're not giving any protection after that. There's a lot of those. And then some are giving you 15 years. So back to the one we always use, there's nothing more expensive than the cheap paint. Buy it right. Ask in your shop as well. Do I need a primer? You know, what will enhance the lifetime of it? And then wash your tools out well and keep those as well. Get a, get a good tool. If you get frustrated with a really bad tool, there's brushes that are excellent quality. that are like 10, 12 euro. Wash them. You'll use them for years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, it's it's a really good point around the environment as well. And it's something that I talk about in relation to garden products that, yeah. you know, it, even even if it's, you know, whether it's tools or whatever, really, you should you should buy quality at the start. And that means then that you're not multiple buying cheap items that yeah. generally speaking, and it's not always the case, but generally yeah. speaking, are not good for the environment. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's a really good point. So, true, so that's yeah. kind of that's kind of your your decking fencing panels and sheds kind of fall under that yes now log cabins as we said um for multiple reasons people during covid ended up creating offices out the back then mm-hmm. you have people creating gyms and now as you said before we started recording you have this scenario where people are actually going to live in these you know log yeah. cabins and so on because the housing prices are are, are yeah. so high for younger people so how does somebody go about protecting these quality log houses? Yeah, and that's where people get really invested in their paint system. We love when they come in to talk about log cabins because they're interested. Like fences, people are not as bothered. Yeah. But log cabin people make the effort. Number one with your log cabin, paint it as soon as you can. Um, often they'll be pre-treated, but we'd recommend you prime and top coat um, on log surfaces as early as possible um, because your primer is absorbed into the wood and protects it from, again, moisture, fungi and all the rest and from sunlight and the log splitting. So number one, paint it as early as you can. And then number two, that um, clear priming oil. And again, that's critical. Keep the damp out and you know, stop microbial growths. Um, and then you have a choice then over that to go with a stain or an opaque. And that'll be down to personal preference. A lot of people will want to see all the knots and they'll want to see the wood and just enhance the colour of it. Um, and then some will want that full block colour. So it's two easy options. In Ticarilla, um, the stain is Valti colour and the top coat is Valti opaque. And that top coat Valti opaque we sell for garden sheds, walls of your house, log cabins. It's very expensive. Like it's it can be over 150 for a 10 litre drum. 
But yep. like you're talking 15, 20 years, it's, it's an elastomeric coating. So it flexes and moves with the wood. It's also water vapor permeable. So you've got, you know, moisture, it can breathe. And so I would say don't cheapen the, you know, your log cabin's very expensive. People would spend 300 euro on a rug for inside the log cabin. And I'm saying, <laughs> the love of God, let the cabin breathe. So Valtteri Opaque is, we always call that the king of paints. And for exteriors, that's what I talk about all day long. If I'm, we had the shop open before we went through the stockists, or if I'm up in Thailand, Thailand, Carlo, talking to people in there, it's fancy opaque. Like it's just a really good, if it's exterior wood, that's what I want to see going on it. Um, because when you buy the other stuff, you're buying again and again, and this will let your wood breathe. It'll let the wood move. And um, yeah, that's, you just need to yeah. get it right. And it, it's funny, like you, what did you say? 150-ish for a 10-litre can? Yeah, depending on the colour. It can be 180, it can be near 200. Yeah. So there's a good bit. It's less than 200. Like, and, and that's, that's, am I right in saying that's kind of the 15-year product? Oh, God, 15 to 20. Like you're, you're, you're getting your 15 out of that. Like, that's... Like, to be honest with you, in, in that scenario, okay, it, you know, if you're looking at it, 10-litre can versus 10-litre can, it is a lot of money. Yeah. But... It, again, in my eyes, that that's not expensive because you're doing it once in that length of peri- in that period of time. It, it again, it just makes total sense that you would you would use something of that quality, especially on a log cabin. Maybe not on a you know little fence or whatever, but um, yeah, that, it, for me anyway, that makes sense. Yeah, to go yeah. to go for that. And like with it, it's up near like when you're spending nearly two hundred euro because it's up near. There's been I forgot about all the price increases lately with the oil. Paint <laughs> is very close to oil, so it's up near the two hundred. But with that, like I got a three liter of it and did a little garden shed. And like year on year on year, I just power washed it. And it's a good, strong, it's like an elastic rubber layer around your, it's on my house, it's on my shed. So like I power washed that. So like 200 euro for a 10 litre, less than 200 for a 10 litre. You get your shed, you get you get an awful lot of fencing, everything done with that. But yeah, that's it. It's just for the environment, for you, for, for your lack of divorce, which fighting over your husband or your <laughs> wife to paint it for you. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, you, can, you can just power wash that then. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. From and if that's a, a lovely smooth kind of a satin finish, so uh, growths don't don't tend to be able to grow on that all that easily. If there is yeah. any kind of staining on it, a little bit of a fungicidal cleaner into your power washer, or stick your brush in a bucket of fungicidal cleaner, you get big bottles of fungicidal cleaner in Woody's paint shops wherever. Brush it on, power wash it off, and it's immaculate. Like we sell it to the council for council hall buildings and everything, and they come back to me like six years later saying they need it again, and I'd literally say no, no, power wash it. And I'm delighted. I'm proud of this punch. They go off and power wash it, and it's immaculate. Again, it's right. counterproductive for sales, but that's why the council come back and back and they trust your recommendations and say when you come in with a paint spec that's you know fifteen thousand for this huge building and the na- the next quote in was eight they end up going with that because they say right we got 15 years out of the last town hall we did with them yeah yeah for sure and like what you what you said there it's counterintuitive for sales i think it's in the long term it's probably the opposite you know that yeah. the, you know people people respect that honesty and expertise and and that brings sales in the longer term i think to be fair um in in terms of garden furniture, which is kind of the last of the wooden type outdoory stuff, um, it's the one obviously. I suppose fashions change and so on, and there was years ago it was teak, and then the the sort of hardwoods came in, and then it switched over the years to cast iron and and rattan and all that. But for somebody that has wooden garden garden furniture of of some sort, and I suppose nine times out of ten they want to revamp it. What type of paint are you now? They're an absolute disaster to paint. Speaking from experience, <laughs> because um, I have a six 
six armchairs and a round table that was painted a number of years ago. It, it will never be painted again because of the length of time it took. Oh, yeah. But um, but what would you use if somebody was inclined to do that? Uh, it depends if the kids are helping you or not. If you haven't got the kids helping you, there's a product Unica and it's a really luscious enamel. And we use it on front doors, lampposts, gates, railings. It's just a real all-rounder. It's a really thick, silky, smooth enamel. And it leaves that kind of rock hard enamel feel to it. So okay. it's not, it depends if you wanted a look where you can see the grain of the wood and it's really light coating. But this Unica, we use it because it's just really tough. And we find outside, people's biggest thing is, I don't want it cracking or flaking, I don't want to do it again. So we recommend that one mainly um, for outside. There are there are a good few other options. Like if I'm painting outside with the kids, I tend to use Beyond Paint, that nanotechnology one that they're using on kitchens. It, um, okay. it sticks to everything. So I buy a pot of that in black or white and you can mix it up. You can mix the colours. So I always have a few pots of that in the garage in different colours. And if we're painting something, we don't have to prime it. We don't have to sand it. So we often use that. Now, the finish is not, not like an enamel. It's not a big rock hard, super tough finish. And you have to put on a clear sealer. But it's just very easy. And with kids, it's kind of like Philadelphia cream cheese. Loosened up a little bit. It's a silky kind of a one. So we brush that out onto... Patio furniture, toys, everything. It sticks to PVC, plastic, glass, metal, wood, everything. So that's my go-to to have in the garage. Um, and then when the kids are gone, I put on a light lick of the clear sealer. Because if you put on too much of a clear sealer, they go kind of milky. Um, okay. but, but if it was just you doing it, the flawless one that all the professionals would use if they come into your garden is Unica. But um, second to that, then, the Beyond Paint is an easier one to use, easier to get a, a good finish as a DIYer. Okay, and uh, beyond paint, then that kind of leads on to the to the next thing. And I saw you had again an Instagram post at some point in time of two, I forget, but it could have been yellow plastic chairs, and yes. they were being uh, painted, and the color was changed. And that hot that happens a lot, particularly with plastics. Uh, so yes. someone buys, uh, you know, like that example, two lovely yellow chairs on the day, and they love them for two years, and then they completely hate them, but they don't know what to do with them. Yes. Uh, is is beyond paint what what you're using there to to give them a new lease of life so that one was actually a two-pack polyurethane so that was some of okay. the chairs were quite high end they never wanted to paint them again and that was the highest end system so um unica would be your general one contractors would use it homeowners would use it and beyond paint the same beyond paint more your diyer but then a level up uh temidor it was a two-pack polyurethane so that's a industrial so whoever would manufacture and um, maybe cast iron or manufacture and um, the original furniture that you're expecting it not to scrape for 10 years that's what they use so temidor so right. that's the thing when you're in the shop and you explain it to them like temidor is obviously it's like the value opaque it's a more expensive system but it's a mm-hmm. lifetime job like those those chairs will not be cracking flaking or scruffing like they're a really that's like you know when you for like farm machinery guys where they put on two-pack system and they put it oh, in yeah. the oven and they heat heat it up and it's a it's a chemical reaction as opposed to just air drying so it's a whole different technology it's like nearly like powder coating um yeah, yeah so on those but equally I- those plastic chairs there's Unica can go on and the Beyond Paint can go on. So there's loads of options. It's kind of going into the shop and seeing whether you're a DIYer and how long you want to the last, what the budget is. Usually we give around three options of the cheapest to the dearest or the 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 application methods. Yeah. Yeah. Good. 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 Better. Best sort of an effort. Yeah. 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 And in relation to those chairs, then what's the you know the prep work? So plastic chairs. Well, I suppose generally they don't get too dirty anyway. But is there is there a primer? Is there anything like that? Or what's the yeah, with most of your exterior jobs, really, like it's just making sure all 
uh, growths and moulds are gone. So whether it's your fence, your shed, your log cabin or your chairs, um, outside there will be growths and moulds. So you need to get, again, a good fungicidal cleaner um, and kill it back. So wash it down thoroughly. Um, we always say like a light lick of sandpaper. Even if the paint can grip straight on, what you're doing with the sandpaper is you're, you're mechanically agitating the surface. So any dirt that remained hung on there, any flakes of old paint. So a little rub of those nice blocks of sandpaper are handy. A quick run over the main areas. You don't need to be going up and down the legs or in underneath it, even getting the flat surface of a chair yeah. and the, the, where your back goes, even the main areas, because it's, it's not even about preparing for the paint. It's just kind of removing the last few contaminants. Um, so yeah, that's all. Wash it back. Light sanding, you know, a slightly damp cloth to get off any of the last bits of dust, and on you go with your roller and your brush. Yeah, brilliant. Um, we're sort of moving on to, you know, away from timber now, um, and the other category, and and there was I saw something again on your Instagram, which was kind of a revelation, really, where I saw there was old paving slabs. So these are the paving slabs that you buy that have a color mixed through it when they're originally made, and they might be a bright red or they might be a you know, a black color or whatever. And over time, through washing and through natural UV breakdown, that color fades quite a lot. But I saw recently you had a had a paint that was used for recoloring those. And I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. But it was a super looking job. It looked very like, you know, it was the before and after shot and it looked very like a new yeah. patio after it was done. Yeah. Because your driveways do like you've like you've you've lots of different areas where the patio wears or where there's again growth molds, whatever. So yeah, painting the patio slabs or your concrete yard, it is like it's beyond transformation. And like you said, it looks like a new driveway. We'd we tend to if we get one good project, if someone gives us a good before and after picture, we tend to see that paint flying into all the shops for the next few weeks on the back of it. So yeah. we had a few people do their patio recently and um, there's a product, again, Ticarilla, um, called Patio. It's literally a patio stain and that's what you put on like your driveway or if you have patio slabs, you want to stain them. So they can go from red to like a really dark anthracite grey or there's loads of different ones or else your other option then if it's a concrete yard or or paving slabs and you want to paint them and um, people are painting and putting on a stencil and creating like these gorgeous like Moroccan tiles, like a Turkish tile. This stenciling your your backyard or your um, patio, it's getting really popular and the results are. Now, I'm not going to say it's easy. You'll definitely be divorced and depressed after it. It's shaw. <laughs> it is. I wouldn't do it. I swear to God. But lots of people do. The results are, it's like in your kitchen. The results are worth it. The kitchen is a lot of work. You're standing back. By the time you even degrease your doors, I'd be depressed. It's the degreasing of the doors with the kitchen. If someone said your kitchen's immaculate, you're ready to go. Painting, it's lovely. It's the degreasing of the doors. So it's the work beforehand. Yeah. Same with outside, yeah. you'll have to power wash and make sure it's spotless and put down a fungal cleaner. A lot of people don't, a lot of people do. And then when you roll on the, the two coats of paint, the yard looks amazing. And that's really easy and very quick. But stenciling, oh, but if you look at the transformations, they're out. you look like suddenly a five star hotel. Like some people are doing this like a lovely flat grey and little white stencils and literally the the stencil types that are out there now like you're looking at these gorgeous like moroccan type tile vibe they're just it's a it's a it's a project that if you see a few before and afters you'd be fairly tempted yeah so i i'm gonna i'm gonna ask a little bit more on this one and again for personal reasons so we have a deck which uh, is quite it's well it's quite big 
Uh, it's there a long time and it has got reasonably good care over the years, generally speaking, with deck and aisle, and it's generally done twice a year. So in terms of the wood, it's not rotting or anything like that, but it is there, well, what's it there, 13 years now. Um, I know because it was finished the day of Freya's christening and she's 13 at the moment. So yeah, it's 13 years there and it's not breaking down. It's not rotting or anything like that, but I suppose we're both totally sick of the look of it. Um, it's a deck, and, and a it's wooden deck, is it, John? Yeah, wooden deck, yeah. Okay. And it's coming out and directly underneath it, there is a concrete pad the exact same size. And we have looked at porcelain <sighs> porcelain tiles, really nice ones. And But to be honest with you, they're going to be, well, somebody said they're going to be about uh, €100 Euro per square metre yeah. supplied and laid, which is, it's a lot of, it's a lot of dough. So yeah. the stenciling sounds really interesting. So tell us a little bit more about that and how you go about it so i have this concrete pad it's not a smooth finish it's a not a very rough finish but it's not a you know a a steel floated finish so how would i go about making that look spectacular yeah like like there's a patio kit um all of the ingredients for it are in any of the stockists we supply so check out carla paint up but we have a medium patio kit on the website it's like 143 euro it literally includes the cleaner the fungicide cleaner, the scrubbing brush, your rollers, your paint, your bonding agent and your uh, clear sealer top coat and your roller, your trays. So like when you look at 100 euro per square meter and that medium patio kit would do, oh God, I don't know how many square meters, I'll have to check what the kit does because there's three sizes of them. But yeah. uh, very effective. Wash it back with the fungicide cleaner, mix the bonding agent into the paint, roll out your two coats of that. If you need a third, you generally wouldn't. Two is generally sufficient and you want it to be kind of a little bit not patchy, but not completely obliterating what's below either um, to make it look natural. Um, and then yeah. you, you you have your complementing colour. So you put on then your stents and your complementing colour and roll on your clear sealer. The only part that's backbreaking is this, this stenciling. Stenciling is, is hard graft like, but you don't have to. Yeah. You can just do a block colour. If you power wash it back, you can just put on, um, you know, a coat of a nice, an earthy grey or an earthy beige colour. Um, you see a lot of that too, so it's very straightforward. Like it's uh, kit has everything you need. Put the bonding agent into the paint, roll it on, job's done. Okay, so the stenciling then. So you've all your your prep work done. You're cleaning your huge your fungicidal cleaner. You've yeah. put your your two layers of top coat uh, in whatever color it is, and then your stenciling is a, I guess like a, a stencil that you'd have in arts and crafts. It's a you know plastic or a rubber yeah. stencil that goes on the ground, and you have yeah. to paint through it. Yeah, like a little sheet of Perspex type thing, a little floppy sheet I could use on a projector years ago. And there's right. a, a pattern uh, cut out, um, like an Aztec design or something, a few spots cut out of it. So you lay that down, you get your, your brush, you have very little paint on your brush, you dab it on again, not too much, not to fully obliterate it, just a dab again. Less is more, because a lot of those tiles, if you see lovely white tiles, the black pattern can be quite faint sometimes. It's not full printed black. So yeah, yeah put your dab some paint on your brush, dab the excess off your brush onto a rag and then dab the stencil and then move your stencil over one square and on you go again. Um, yeah, it sounds great if you're only doing one square, but if you're moving it, I think, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it now it'll get tedious after yeah, a few, I'd imagine. Yeah, and then get the kids involved. Like if you're, if you have 13-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 16-year-olds, I'd be bribing the hell out of them and I'd be getting them <laughs> to do it. I really would. I'd be getting cinema yeah. vouchers and everything for them. Because um, we're too old for all this bending. But it, bar the stencil, if you look up, there's a girl on Instagram, hand painted by Gillian, and she did her yard. Oh my God. And like, it was just a plain, 
the yards get mouldy and they're dark and oh my god she does hers a black and white thing kind of an Aztec design I think the stencil was just one big triangle so you put down the full square and you're painting one top triangle so one one a quarter of the square you're painting in a triangle shape and she did that the whole way across and it was just outstanding a black and white kind of a like a chevron finish it was just outstanding so yeah, it's it's one of those jobs. It's not nice to do when it's done. It's really going. It really elevates the property. Like, yeah. And in terms of longevity of that, then, so if we're we're using the paints that that you're recommending there. Are you are you talking about you know a, a ten year job, a fifteen year job? You would be talking. You would be easily talking a ten year. Like yeah, the clear sealer is the critical part there. So you want to put on two very light coats. Your clear sealer, and if you see that you you know it's wearing away, but it shouldn't. We did our, there's a little paving patch of steps outside our uh, two warehouses um, and we did them, one is yellow with a black stencil and one is blue with a white stencil. We did them about, I'd say, maybe four years ago. It was it was well before COVID anyway and they're immaculate, absolutely immaculate. They need a wash now and then, but they're immaculate. There's not one flake or crack or chip and that's what you'd expect it like you know so it lasts you get it easily get a good decade and to be honest if it was me after with that product maybe after seven eight years depending on the traffic i'd maybe power wash it and put on an extra little coat of the clear sealer and that would literally take you 10 minutes you pour it into the trough of the paint tray you get your big nine inch roller you dip it into the clear sealer you let off the excess and you roll it out and that's it. You leave it to dry overnight and you're done. So if it was me and I'd done, I'd gone to the effort of the stenciling, I'd, uh, I'd top up the clear sealer after maybe seven or eight years. But no, you'll, you'll easily get, you know, a decade of that. Brilliant. Yeah, that sounds interesting now. It sounds a lot more interesting than a hundred euro square meter. I know. For a I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, the stencils. For the kids, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, stencil t- the stencils, uh, just as a matter of interest, where, where do you, do you sell them that we those as well? They're uh, they're on Amazon and everywhere. There's a company Amazon, UK that, called yeah. uh, Dizzy Duck Stencils, and they're really popular. I see a lot of people get them from there, um, but you can get them anywhere. Amazon paint shops don't tend to stock them as much because there's so many designs. It's there's no point. It'd be like yeah, a wallpaper. Know, yeah. You either stock 500 versions or you don't. So and it's such a cheaper item as well. They tend to let people go online and get them. They're very easy to get, very cheap. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're I suppose. The majority of the surfaces we've kind of covered now, I think. So we've talked about, well, block walls, I guess. I know you said you, you're using the, the same paint that you use on the, on the fence or the, or the yeah. panels you would use on the, on the house as well. So yeah, I generally use the Valti opaque again, budget permitting, like not everyone's going to have nearly 200 euro for the 10 litre, but if you own the property, and you don't want to do it again because what I find is when you move into a property and someone has painted the back wall before your your boundary wall, uh, it's going to be flaking. And when paint is flaking, you have to get all the flaking paint off before you paint again. Like you see those old houses in the main street and there's a chip going off the paint and you can see six layers of paint below. That's it. You're <laughs> painting after again. And they, so if it's your property, I'd get off all old paint and use a proper system once and for all. And the big thing with exterior painting is making sure the substrate is dry. That's a big one, especially with exterior wood. Like you don't have to have just one dry day for wood. You really want to have two consecutive dry days um, for wood to make sure it's not, you know, saturated. Yeah, and damp, damp internally because it can it can look dry on the outside, of course, yeah. and, and still be damp underneath. Yeah. Same with your block yeah. walls, and we get that a lot with raised beds. So we kind of treat the raised beds the same as the block walls. If the block wall is um, open both sides, um, happy days, the moisture, you know, will go out the far side or come down underneath. With raised beds, you've a lot of moisture in there, a lot of pressure. So you really have to have a damp proof membrane 
um, if you've got raised beds. On the inside. Yeah, on the inside. and on raised beds, so if somebody, I actually hadn't thought of raised beds, I thought we'd kind of covered off most. Um, but raised beds, obviously, is one that people paint a lot. And so not always, but a lot of the time they're used for growing food. Is there, you know, the paint that you're recommending, there's no concerns there around contamination? Because I know a lot of people no, used to use pre-suit no. and that wasn't. Yeah, the, no, your your paint is totally inert once it's dry. Like the even all the solvents, the solvent evaporate during the drying process. And like, yeah, once it's dry, like we even had some paint before. It was like we had to get it in. It was for stables. It'd be horse friendly if the horse managed to nibble on it. But once the paint is dry, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. And you're going to have your damp proof membrane anyway. Like you wouldn't be putting the paint directly onto your um food and there is food safe food grade paint we'd sell for food factories that but it's not even necessary on a raised bed you'd be going yeah. way too deep in just your damp proof membrane and then just make sure to use your primer on the outside of the bed because you've got like a lot of moisture and a lot of like salts coming through and we've had a lot of times where people have a block wall around the raised beds and then next thing and they've painted like a lovely purple or a dark gray and you get this white staining, like a white clouding on the paint system. Yes. And it's all the microscopic salts being carried through in the moisture. But those that white staining it doesn't go away because the salts are embedded in the coating. So that's where mm-hmm. your primer would have stopped that. People often confuse and think the top coat is the issue there or the paint, but it's the primer. So you have to put on really like primers are it's like with your log cabin as well. The primer goes in. And um, that's where all the problems start and end with your primer. The primer will stop those salts coming through to the top coat layer. So it'll keep the top coat layer isolated from all the issues of this damp substrate. So anyway, if you're painting a raised bed, pop into your local independent paint store or wherever and tell them it's for a raised bed and that you need to prime it and yeah, get a, a good priming oil or a wall primer. So if it's wood, you're getting a priming oil. And if it's masonry raised beds, you're getting um, a masonry primer. Perfect. Um, I, I think I can only think of one other kind of outdoor surface that people paint quite regularly. Well, two, but um, one is uh, revamping old barbecues. But I guess that's fairly straightforward. It's a, yes. it's like a stove paint, essentially. Yes, is it? exactly. And yeah. an aerosol form is very easy. That's a nice, quick, cheap one. Um, yeah. 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 And then the other one, which is quite a regular one, is old flower pots, you know, and particularly I see people um old terracotta so the actual terracotta clay pots and they they get those or the ceramic pots with you know the the ceramic coated clay pots and they are ones that you know people love them when they buy them and typically fashion wise they (laughs) after two or three years they get fed up of them and they want to change it so how would you go about is it is it the same thing is it the beyond paint again and the 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 better version i forget the name of it offhand yeah like, i would the beyond paint is ideal if you have that in your garage it does all those things so the beyond paint will stick to your ceramic there is the issue because ceramic is like painting glass it's a slippery yeah. extremely smooth surface so beyond paint will bond to that so i'd be using beyond paint on that and the terracotta and everything else but if you haven't bought any paint and you have terracotta clay pots everything sticks to terracotta clay pots so if you had old masonry paint it's not a very important job or an important surface it, it'd be important for you but not a not a big critical job so i'd be yeah. using up old masonry paint in the garage i'd be mixing the masonry paint get the color i want so i'd use up old paint in the terracotta pots or spray paint is quite easy but if it's ceramic you need an adhesion primer before you put on your normal paint or beyond paint sticks to all those surfaces terracotta ceramic and whatnot um yeah 
Yeah, because the, the 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 ceramic is one anyway, because they they typically tend to be the the fashion, whatever yeah. the fashion is of the year. Yeah. So for certain years, you'll see the the dark reds, and the next year it's dark blues, and yeah. uh, people love them, as I say, for a little while, and then they then they get really sick of them, and yeah. it's a shame, as I say, to to throw them out or shove them out to the back of the shed. You might as well revamp them. Exactly, and you know what? For those as well, there's um, spray paint W or X. It's called works. It's in a lot of the stockers and it's quite good. Again, to have a can in the carriage, you can get a nice, like a grey, a gold, a silver, a black, a white, a green, a blue, whatever, a moss green. And that's a handy one. Like, and like, again, teenagers, anyone can do that. Stick on your little breathing mask or go with this good, really good airflow because there's quite a bit of solvent in those. And just, yeah, spray it and it's done in two minutes. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, is that you can think of, is there any, you know outdoor garden type uh, surfaces that we haven't kind of covered off no um, i was thinking of garden surfaces all morning because i knew we'd be talking and literally the biggest ones for us the moment you always have like traditionally it's always decks people always have issues with the decks but the big one really yeah. is uh, the patio and the concrete yard and steps really is another one your concrete steps oh, yeah. you see a lot of people now especially you were buying these um you know terrace houses ex-council houses in dublin where you have a little a porch or a little step going into it and that step it can either be a tile um or concrete so yeah we see a lot of those but um no really at the moment log cabins sheds garden furniture everything we've covered brilliant um so obviously we mentioned your instagram quite a bit so maybe tell people where they can find you i know you have a website and so on so tell people about that and and how they can get in touch with you if they have any specific queries around product yeah, so generally Carlo Paint Hub, um, pop a message in, all our inspirational pictures are up there. And then if there's a product you're looking for, can let you know where the nearest stockist is to your location. But on Carlo Paint Hub, the Instagram, that's where we show all the before and afters. And we get messages night and day then about how do I paint this or what will you. So don't be afraid if you have a specific question, pop it into if none of the videos answer it. Or even if you can't be bothered looking at the videos, pop us a question. <laughs> and we're there night and day to write back and say, this is the product or don't use that product or this is why it went wrong. So, yeah, that's where we are, Carlo Paint Up. Brilliant. Um, as as a well, to be honest, I've been the the level of information and detail has surprised me. Even though I, from looking at you on Instagram and speaking previously, I I knew that it'd be very good. But I think you've covered it off uh, superbly. It definitely does. It does pay to have somebody with, I suppose, your level of expertise and you your history in paint uh, to know what's what's going to work and what's not because. Anybody can control like a paint on something, but if it's if it's uh, if it's not the right material that you're starting with, then you know can look fairly shabby fairly quickly again. And as we said earlier, that's not good for your pocket because you're you're redoing it. It's definitely not good for the environment and so on. So, as I say, excellent information, really detailed, and uh, yeah, exactly what I thought it would be. So, Kate, thank you very very much for coming on Master My Garden podcast. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. So that's been this week's episode. A huge thanks to Kate for coming on. That was, you know, really interesting. It's for me. I think that the advances in in paint technology are. You can see that they're they really have advanced over the years. To be able to go out and paint over paving slabs and have a long term finish on them to you know give them a new lease of life without having to rip them up, like that's that's really brilliant technology. And I suppose you know from your perspective, the homeowner. It's allowing you to revamp an area, give it a new lease of life. It's allowing that you don't have to, you know, go spending a huge budget of money to redo a whole patio or whatever. And, you know, all of these things, advances in, in paint technology are allowing people to do this type of thing. So, yeah, definitely check 
check uh, Carlo Pento about and don't be afraid if you have any questions to, to drop them you know and direct them towards Kate and her team um, yeah a really interesting episode uh, I suppose it's one of the one of the things that everybody as I said at the start everybody will do some form of painting in the garden at some stage whether you're on a balcony or whether in your, you're in a big garden so I think there's something in there for everybody uh, I hope you enjoyed it thanks for listening and until the next time happy gardening mm-hmm.